0: Well, we are, uh, Peter Hall is our Vine Church, Vine Conference Center and Synergy Youth Project accountant. He's been a massive blessing, does way more also, uh, helping out our trustees with professional and legal inquiries constantly. Does so with incredible patience, humility, and is an absolute joy to have him here today. It's long overdue. Um, And so we're really looking forward, so would you please give a warm Vine Church welcome to Peter Hall. Come on. Come on. Give it up. That's a fresh water as well for you. Well, thank you for that warm welcome, and uh, I don't know how I'm going to follow up after Leah Rose. I think she was the star of the show. Thank you so much, and I hope my wife knows I'm that good, uh, so thank you, and uh, yes, I've been the church accountant since 2019, I think, so it's been great to be, in a way, part of this church, even though I haven't spoken here before. Uh, I'm also, besides an accountant, I'm a, I'm a uh, Assemblies of God minister, so I use my accounting to help fund ministry. So. It dovetails nicely in together in in 2018 I went to Ukraine to bless God's people over there and uh, you might have seen a lot of Ukraine flags lately around the place and the the Ukraine flag isn't simply just blue and yellow because they're pretty colors The blue in their flag symbolizes their blue sky that they have over there, cloudless skies. And the yellow symbolizes their wheat fields or their sunflower fields. Because in the east, uh, in the east of Ukraine, it's very flat and it's beautiful black soil plains where they have uh, amazing crops. And that's why Ukraine's called the breadbasket of Europe because of the amazing soil and so on and they have mines and so on and so that the yellow in the flag represents their nation of resources and their nation of being resourceful so when you see the Ukraine flag it's not just a pretty blue and yellow to the Ukraine people it actually means a lot more than that it it means their land and who they are and so on so we we landed in Kiev, by the way, that's uh, I want to apologise for um, inflicting on you a photo of me in shorts. Uh, uh, and I went with Ben Thorpe, who is also an Australian missionary to Ukraine, but he had to leave because of the 2014 invasion. He's now in Scotland, and that's Sergei, our translator there. And um, we landed in Kiev and it's about a day's drive down to this area. Um, So that's the Donbass region, that's the Lugansk region. So we went here to minister there, and that is the border of what's called Donetsk Oblast. But I knew you knew that by your faces, you knew what that meant, Uh, how that reads. And Donetsk Oblast, or county, is a region within the Donbass here and that was about a day's drive. And the first day we were there, we went down to right close to the Russian border, a place called Avdievka, and uh, in Kiev, uh, it's a world city, it's a beautiful city. But once you leave Kiev, you then hit the Soviet style of living, the Soviet way of living, and this is how, in, in this Avdeevka, in the Donbass region, this is how they live. That's, that's their lifestyle. And these are called the nines, N-I-N-E-S, the nines, because there's nine stories there. And that's at Avdeevka. And as you can see, they've been bombed and shot at. And when we were there, there were people living there. So aren't we thankful in Scotland, our lifestyle and the riches we have here? Now, you might say, why don't they move? And the answer is, where do they move to? They're not allowed to leave Donbass. It's Russian occupied. They're not allowed to go anywhere. So that's home. And you can see there, when you walk in, that's the, 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 the level of the, the tradesmanship there because there's no incentive to do a good job. So if you're toilet blocks, you have to go outside to the hole in the ground. I was gonna put a photo on, but I, I thought it might not be appropriate. But that's how they live. The next day we went to a place called Slavyansk, which is further north of Avdievka, and this was the first place that the Russians bombed in 2014. This was the beginning of the whole thing. You might remember that Russia went into what was called the Crimea and just just walked in and took over. And this was the first place they bombed. It was a hospital. And as you can see by the look on my face, I got quite angry when I was there, especially if you saw how the people live and so on. So what we did we did things like give out food hampers to the poor. This was from money raised here in Scotland, from Scotland churches. Uh, this lady here, um, that's where you can see where she lives. That's the house there she lives. If that was in Scotland, that would be demolished and being classed as unlivable. But people there, that's how they live. And uh, we went with Ben and Sergey. We gave out food hampers the mother's mother was there as well and they cried and we spent an hour with them and we'd tell them about the love of god and we'd say can we pray with you and they would just tear up would you really like to pray with us thank you it's amazing you know the, the amount of times even in scotland when you say to someone can i pray with you most times they'll be overwhelmed you know, I was a part-time prison chaplain in Adiwal Prison for three years. I went there two days a week. And in the three years that I was a prison chaplain, only one prisoner said, no, don't bother praying for me. Every other prisoner would say, would you really want to pray with me? So it's, it's a good tool that we have, that we can show the love of Christ. And we can be a vessel for God just to say, can I pray with you? Um, there's another family, you can see how they live. And we also gave out, um, these are edu- what we called education packs. Um, uh, we would, g- which are basically backpacks with pens and pencils, um, uh, books on mathematics and colouring books and so on. And we gave them to the school children. And the mothers just turned up to see what was going on, and uh, you can actually see here they are. We were assigned two soldiers from the Ukraine army, and they were there with us to protect us because we were about three miles from the Russian border, and we weren't allowed to go any closer to the Russian border because it is the most mined place on the planet. Does anybody remember Princess Diana in Africa, walking amongst the mines? Well, the east of Ukraine there in the Donbass, is more mined than that. So that's how they live. They live in that fear, if you like. Um, This is inside one of the nines. It's basically a living room, which doubles as a bedroom. Uh, A very small kitchen, and a toilet behind a curtain. That's how they live. That's how they live in the nines. And here we gave the lady a food hamper, and we again said, can we pray for you? And they were overwhelmed that we could just pray for them. There's another family that we helped. Uh, this here on the bottom, uh, at a particular church, the pastor just pulled in some young people, and uh, we just sat around. We, we uh, had some drinks, played a bit of, uh, table tennis and I just shared my testimony and it really connected with them because I spoke a bit about My father who was an alcoholic and so on Because and the reason it connected is because in Ukraine. There's a big problem with fatherlessness And I know that's you could say that's a worldwide problem, but over there in Ukraine. It is it is an issue and so it was good to connect with them now um, You may or may not remember, in 2012, there was the football uh, Euro championship in Ukraine and Poland. And money was given by the Football Association to the Ukraine government for stadium improvements and building of roads. Now, what happened is a lot of that money went missing. You know, there was corruption amongst officials and so on so what do you do what do you do when the money runs out will you build until the money runs out that there is a walkway look where it goes to (laughs) nowhere (laughs) the money's just run out (laughs) and we were driving and uh the the one of the pastors was driving and he speaks english um and uh, he said, uh, you know, this is from the Euros, and, uh, and we were driving on a beautiful three-lane highway that just suddenly turned into a goat track, <laughs> one lane full of potholes, and he's laughing as he told us this. It's just oh, it's part of life, and that's the way it is. So as you can see, everything's just hanging there doing nothing. I also spoke at, at uh, some churches. This church here, you can see, has no roof, church with no roof. And uh, the next night I spoke there at the same place. There's no roof and was able to speak. And I found that's a, another church in a place called Novomoskovsk, which is in English is New Moscow. And what I found was that God's people are hungry for the word over there hungry for the word and in fact when i went there to i preached one uh the 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 message i preached here the pastor said can you come to my church and preach the same message i went with eight messages and i preached one eight times they were just hungry and you all i spoke on was that in the new covenant we live out of christ we feed off him and we harmonize with his word. And as we do that, we share the life we have in common with Christ. That's all I preached on. Of course, I expanded on that. I just told you that in one minute. Um, but they were hungry for that. So hungry for God's word. So one thing I'm asked is how do we pray for Ukraine how do we pray for the church in Ukraine So I've got some prayer points here that might help you That's me in Kiev as I said Kiev's a beautiful world city but once you leave Kiev you're back into a Soviet lifestyle So here are some things I found that you could pray for Ukraine Firstly thank God that he's in the middle of the suffering You know it's a good way to pray Anytime, thank you, Lord, that you are in our midst and to be thankful. You know, Christ came, he became one of us, and he came right into our mess. And he understood, he had what the scripture calls like passions as we have. He knows what it's like to be human. So you can thank God that he has come in the middle of the suffering. Now, the next two points, for God's people to know God's grace in a greater way, and for God to be their strength. When I ask the pastors, how would you like us to pray for you in the church? They pray different to us. Now in the West, we would probably pray, Lord, stop this war. But they don't pray like that. They pray for God's grace and God's strength to get through. It's a different mindset to us. You know, in the West, we like our comforts, don't we? We like our safety. But over there, they're not thinking like that. They say, Lord, they want God's grace. What's God's grace? God's grace is His ability in place of our inability. His ability in place of our inability. So a good way to pray is, God, may they know your grace in an increased way. And not only may you strengthen them, but Lord, may you be their strength. And that's how they would like us to pray in the West for them. Pray that God would use the war to turn the hearts of the Ukrainians, the Russians, the Belarusians to him. What an opportunity for this to happen. That people will ask, what is real? And, you know, I pray, Lord, that... that that as they ask what is real, Lord, that they would have a peace in their heart as they think of you. And when they think of themselves, that there would be a chafing and that they would know the contrast as they focus on you. That evil would be exposed, that God to bless the people he is using and for God's will to be done. Now the last point on finance, one of the pastors that I was in touch with there and, and in touch with in Donetsk, which is right on the Russian border, which uh, was Russian, has been Russian-occupied since 2014. In the Donbass and the Lugansk provinces, The churches have to register to be a church. Now, the Baptist church has been declared a cult by the Russian government, so they're not allowed to register as a church. Uh, My friend's church in Donetsk, he also has not been granted a license to be a church. So do you know what they've got to do? They've got to have church covertly. So what he's doing is this. He's visiting his people in the dead of night. He's giving communion at 2 o'clock in the morning. Because in the daytime, if you're an able-bodied male in Donetsk, the Russians will come and take you and put you in a van and take you away, and they'll confiscate your car. So it's very dangerous for a pastor in East Ukraine right now. And this is how they're living. They are doing communion at two in the morning. If they can do it by foot, they'll do that because at least their car might be safer. And what they've done is they've had to send their wives to the West with their children for safety. I don't know how that happened because they're not allowed to leave Donbass, but somehow they've, they've left to go to the West. But of course we now know that the war has reached the West. So they're out of touch. They don't know what's happened. So can you imagine what it's like to be a pastor and your wife and children, you haven't seen them for three or four months because they're gone for safety and you don't know what's happened. In fact, in 2018 was when I was there, this particular pastor in Donetsk said, his wife said, darling, how about we just leave, take our four kids and go west? And this pastor said, but who will look after God's people if we leave? And she broke down and cried. And then she apologized for putting her husband under that pressure. This is how they're living right now. So um, I I am able to send them funds direct. So the next batch is going to go to that particular pastor. Uh, Now they are living by faith. Because tithes and offerings are down, there's a war on. He is just living day by day and just trusting God that God will provide his needs. So the next batch of money I'm going to send is going to be directly to him. So this is the realm that God's people are living in at the moment. There's family separations. People don't know where family is and so on. So this is how they are living. So what I want to do is show you in the word, the perspective, how they live. Jesus was about to feed 5,000. And it says here in Mark 6, And when he had taken up the five loaves and two fish, he looked up to heaven, blessed and broke the loaves and gave them to his disciples to set before them. And the two fish he divided amongst them all. So they all ate and were filled, and they took up 12 baskets full of fragments and of the fish. Now, in Luke chapter 4:18, Jesus takes the scroll of Isaiah and he quotes it. He says this, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. Now, in Mark 6, when when it says that Jesus looked up, it is the same Greek word as when Jesus said, recovery of sight to the blind. It's the same Greek word. It's translated in English as he looked up. But what happened is that, I see. I used to think Jesus looked up to heaven and said, thank you, Jesus, for this food. Amen. That's not what Jesus was doing. This is what Jesus was doing. There were 5,000 people that needed feeding. They were hungry, they were thirsty, they had been watching, uh, they had been listening to Christ preach all day. Now they were not only spiritually hungry, they were physically hungry. Jesus had 5,000 people to feed with five loaves and two fish. And I can tell you as an accountant, that's .001 of a loaf of bread for every person and 0.004 of a fish for every person. They're hungry. The need was greater than the resource. Jesus' need to feed 5,000 was greater than the resources he had. So what does he do? He looks up and he recovers lost sight... to get the father's perspective on his situation. He gets the father's perspective on the need which was greater than his resource. And what happens? He starts to distribute and supernaturally food is produced and the need is met. Powerful stuff. You know, in the West, in the West, we like to have all of our, our loaves and fishes all stacked up on the wall in crates. And we've done the purchase order. We've done the stock take. We get the supervisor to tick that there's enough food to feed 5,000. Mel's laughing at me. Get the stock right. And then we need the signature from the supervisor That's our Western thinking, isn't it? And you know what? There's nothing wrong with that, Mel. Nothing wrong with that. That's wise. But the thing is this. Sometimes when it comes to kingdom matters or circumstances in life, that doesn't cut it. Sometimes we have to recover lost sight and get the Father's perspective for the need that's in front of us. You might be in a situation right now where your need is greater than your resources. Can I say this? Look up. Recover lost sight. Get the Father's perspective on your situation. And you will find God's ability in place of your inability right there. That's grace. That's living by grace, living by faith, friends. Welcome to the kingdom of God. Isn't this exciting? (laughs) As a Christian, your superpower is prayer. Your superpower is prayer. You can, whatever your need is, if you're under pressure, you can go to your superpower and you can say, Lord, I've got to feed 5,000. I've got nothing to feed them with. Help. Help. And as you take time and recover your lost sight, which means your focus comes off yourself and goes on to the resources of the Father, you will find the grace and the ability you need to get through what you're going through. In the Old Testament, in 1 Kings, there's a story of a hungry and thirsty prophet called Elijah. And he sees a woman gathering sticks, probably to make a fire to cook. And he says to her, Go and make me a loaf of bread to eat. And she says, I've only got enough flour for one loaf, and then me and my son die. And Elijah said, This go and make me a loaf of bread, and you will find you'll have enough flour and oil. For what you need. And the scripture says this in 1 Kings 17, verse 16: it says this, The bin of flour was not used up, nor did the jar of oil run dry, according to the word of the Lord which he spoke by Elijah. Isn't that amazing? As you step out in faith, friends, you know, this morning we've heard about the, the fear of the unknown. We all have that sometimes. How do we approach it? We go to prayer. We look up. We regain lost sight and we gather the Father's perspective. And there you'll find the anointing, the grace, the wisdom you need, the faith you need to face that thing. This is how the Ukraine pastors are living every moment of every day. That's why I'm bringing this to you this morning, just to tie that in. In Hebrews eleven, it says that Jesus. Um, it says, "Looking unto Jesus, the Author and the Finisher of our faith, who for the joy set before him, him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the Father." What got Jesus through the cross? was the joy that was set before him. What was that joy set before him? Do you know what the joy set before him was? You, the fruit of his death, the church. What got him through was that Jesus took the focus off his own pain, his own rejection, the the horrific crucifixion, and he got Father's perspective, and he looked into the future, and he saw Vine Church in 2022. And that was the joy set before him. And that, is, that got him through. That helped him to endure the cross and despise the shame. He got Father's perspective. You might remember Abraham. It says in the same chapter, it says he looked for a city, whose builder and maker was God. And that's the definite article there. He looked for the city. What's the city? The kingdom. Abraham kept looking for the kingdom, whose builder was God, whose architect was God himself, whose craftsman was God. And it says there that Abraham dwelt in tents, and he kept looking. Tense there means that's like an in-between period. Are you in an in-between period here this morning? Yes, you have a vision in your heart. You have dreams. You have something alive in you. And there you are dwelling in a tent. You seem to have stalled. Keep looking, friends. Get Father's perspective. Keep looking for the city. Do you remember in the Old Testament, there was a fellow called Goliath. He, quote unquote, presented himself every morning and every evening and he would mock God's people in that day. And he'd look at all the Israelite armies And he'd say, is that all you've got? Is that it, you ragtag bunch? And do you know, we have an unholy trinity that presents itself on a regular basis. The world, the flesh, the devil. And the world, the flesh, and the devil comes to you regularly and says to you, is that all you got? Is that it? You're full of doubt. You're full of fear. You don't have any experience. You don't read your Bible enough. You don't pray enough. You're too busy. Is that all you got? That's when you go to your superpower. And you look up. You regain perspective. And you realize all that the unholy trinity have is bluff. Because you have almighty God on your side. And you can regain perspective. And you can say to those voices, you're wrong. You know, I remember in, in, when I was a young fellow, way back in the black and white days, used to go to the rugby in Sydney, and if our team was winning and we heard the opposition laughing at us, we'd go, look at the scoreboard. Look at the scoreboard. You can say to the unholy trinity, look at the scoreboard. I've got an unshakable kingdom living in me. You've got an unshakable kingdom living in you. That's the perspective. So whatever you're going to face this week, just as we close... Maybe the joy set before you is to see your children come into the kingdom. Maybe the joy set before you is to see Vine Church grow in influence in Dunfermline. Maybe you want to minister to someone at your work or in your family. Pray for boldness. Realize who's in you. Realize the kingdom of God is in you. Keep looking for the city whose architect and craftsman is God. Maybe you're in a job you don't like. I've been there. I'm not there now, by the way, just so you know. <laughs> but I've learned this. This is Father's perspective on the job you hate. It's only a season. It's not going to last forever forever. And you have his grace to get through. You do. You have his ability in place of your inability. Isn't that wonderful? Maybe you have financial needs this morning. What's Father's perspective on that? Well, he knows when a sparrow falls. How much more does he know your need? And hasn't he come through in the past? He keeps coming through maybe you have health needs don't give up keep looking for a city whose builder and craftsman is god amen will we just go into prayer okay so let's just go into prayer i'd like to pray let's go to our prayer list and maybe in your prayer time maybe you can maybe take a snapshot of that and and listen to how I pray and pray likewise so let's do you stand or yeah let's stand let's stand in God's presence I mean this is serious business we are bringing a nation before God aren't we Heavenly Father thank you Lord thank you for this church thank you Lord for the faith that's in this church Thank you, Lord, for your presence this morning. Lord, there's been much kingdom business happening here this morning. Thank you, Lord. Father, I thank you that you understand suffering. Lord, you became one of us and you suffered as one of us. Lord, you became skin and bones and flesh. And went through the things that we go through. Pain, hardship, torment. And you went through it in a greater way than we ever will. And so we thank you. And Lord, right now, you are in the midst of the suffering in Ukraine with our brothers and sisters, Lord, in the east. Thank you that you are there and you know and you understand. And because of that, Lord, in confidence, we can ask you for your grace upon the pastors there Lord that your grace would increase upon them Lord upon your people Lord that are living in fear Lord that are living in lack Lord I pray for your grace your ability in place of their inability I pray for your wisdom your guidance that faith would rise amongst the people amongst the pastors Lord, amongst the shepherds. Lord, I pray, Lord, that they would know you as their strength. Lord, not just that you would strengthen them, but Lord, you would be their strength. Father, may they have that sense of your presence in a heightened way. Lord, I pray that you would use this war to turn the hearts of Ukrainians, Belarusians, and Russians towards you. Lord, that people who may be angry at you or or don't know about you, Lord, that they would ask the question, what is reality? What is real? And Lord, as they ask those questions, that your Holy Spirit would come and bring light and bring your word for those people. Lord, send your people. Let there be um, divine connections. Let there be divine moments lord circumstances that you provide lord that that question can be answered and there can be a harvest of souls in your kingdom in that area lord lord we pray that evil would be exposed lord wherever it is whoever it is we pray that would be exposed lord we pray that you would bless the people that you are using Lord, the pastors, the shepherds, Lord, wives, those who might have some finance, those who have uh, shelter, those who have clothes, Lord, the NGOs that uh, are providing water bottles and so on. Lord, I pray, Lord, for them, that you would bless them. Lord, I pray that your will would be done in this war. Your will would be done. Lord, that your church would grow and increase, that your kingdom would be established in Russia, Belarussia, in Ukraine, Lord. That many people would come to know you as you have shown yourself to us. And Lord, finally, I just pray for finances. Lord, especially, Lord, for the, the pastors. Lord, may these pastors, Lord, I pray for finance, that you would release your storehouse, Lord God, move on hearts, Lord, us in, Lord, in the rich West, that we would open our hearts and provide for our brothers and sisters right now, Lord, who are living day to day and living in lack. Lord, I pray, Father, you are a God of abundance. You created the heavens and the earth. Nothing is too difficult for you. So, Lord, we thank you that you hear our cry. And hear our prayers this morning. Amen. God bless you.